Hello and welcome. Uh, NXT Great American Bash Night 2 and a new NXT champion. The first ever double NXT and North American champion, Keith Lee. Uh, hello and welcome. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is the LOP Radio NXT recap or the NXT review or the NXT Great American Bash review. Yeah, I should have checked for the bloody colder thing. And we are live here on YouTube, and this will also be available in podcast form later on. Uh, links are in the description, or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for all your latest wrestling news, and of course, the post with both this YouTube feed and the podcast there as well. Also, there's been a string of columns currently getting a lot of discussion on the uh, main page as well, covering a lot of the more serious matters of recent times, but like, yeah, the columnists have been putting a lot of time and work into trying to figure out the words for that, so that's all up anyway. But today's main topic conversation, and we'll just drop a little, <laughs> a little thing in first. I am absolutely knackered. I don't know if it's visibly seeable. Um, I was looking at myself in the camera just before I went live, and just like, oh god, I look like I've eaten something I don't like the taste of. <laughs> just like, mm. <laughs> just sitting there in a weird zen of just, I'm so tired. <laughs> so if I muck up my lines or whatever, then. Like that would be why. If my sentences don't make sense, I'm giving it a go. <laughs> I am so tired. It's incredible that it's all working. Let me just check the audio is definitely working for you. Yeah, so I uh, I mucked up the audio on uh, on on the raw review because my mic died just before I came live. So I meant so luckily, if you listen to the raw review and the audio was off, uh, that's because my laptop, the inbuilt microphone, caught it because my actual microphone died. And I had no idea until I was doing the podcast version later. I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky there's any show at all. Uh, today I've triple checked and everything, so it should be fine. So anyway, Keith Lee is your new main, new NXT champion after winning the main event title for title match. He's also still your North American champion, so he's the first ever double champion in NXT. And that I really wanted them to, when he became champion, I wanted it to feel momentous. And obviously, without a crowd, it can't. It doesn't really feel the same. But the way that they did this, and it, well, the way it was sold, and because uh, for me, the faux crowd don't really do anything for me because they're essentially robots press doing the chance noise when they're told to when you press the button. So that's not really <laughs> for me. I kind of struggle to take much value from their noise. It helps. It's hundred percent better than no noise. But still, I I wanted them to make it feel special. And that's really difficult to do without the crowd there. And I personally feel like they did it. And uh, winning both titles makes it feel big. The way Keith sold it made it feel like really important to us as, to him as well. We just see that emotion all over him. It's just like, oh, yes, it was <laughs> such a feel-good way to end the show. He can't help but feel so happy for Keith Lee. You just bask in the double champion's glory. Uh, but like for the match itself, it got the serious presentation, which I really like in NXT, where they got the backstage walks and all, like the full presentation game, the lights dimmed down when the uh, announcer does the introductions for them both. And I really, really like that, especially the crowd with that ooh kind of atmosphere. Like even the faux crowd, you got that atmosphere. <laughs> it did pretty well. And yeah, it felt important. And... Uh, I've not been able to, I'm, I won't be able to do comparisons to Fighter Fest because I've just not had the time. There's a reason I'm knackered. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've not had the time. I can't really compare. I've not watched uh, Fighter Fest Night 2 yet. But it's going to be difficult for 
any ma- for me to enjoy any match as much as I enjoyed this one. It's like, this is the kind of like NXT kind of TV main event, especially that I just really enjoyed. Like the kind of match I could have happily had take up the entirety of a back when NXT was one hour. Like I would have been perfectly fine for a match like this to take up the entire show. Give it like, the whole presentation shenanigans, like where you saw filled throughout the show. You start the show with that, then you have them walking out and stuff, and oh, yeah. I really, really enjoyed what they did here. And the match itself, again, a really enjoyable main event. I felt like it was a good clash of styles, especially as I was so critical of Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano earlier this year, where I really didn't like that at all. And maybe that's because like Adam Cole and Gargano kind of like that kicking out on multiple finishes crazy kind of building uh, of a match and having them both there maybe was a bit much. <laughs> but with Adam Cole Keith Lee there... Two very different styles. Yes, you still get a lot of finisher kickouts, but I mean, it felt a lot more different. It felt differently because I can full on believe that Keith Lee is as much as a power beast that he could kick out compared to what we saw with uh, Gargano versus Cole. It didn't feel like the kickouts were earned. Here, every kickout felt like it like should have been a kickout, and when we're finding when Adam Cole didn't, was totally earned <laughs> and that, that for me shows like a really well-paced match that they nail every kick out there um it was a uh, early on like in the early going if anything they were teasing us seeing lee's insane power and they were saving that for later building to it but the biggest be him taunting a plexiglass pounce before cole avoided the charge and keith he just went diving straight through the plexiglass uh, as the match went on cole got caught more and more often avoiding anything truly devastating but the hit, the, those hits kept building. So he's missing the big stuff, but Lee was still catching him. And over time, <laughs> those started to build up. Uh, possibly my favourite being when um, Keith Lee just like, but I think was going to go for a moonsault, and he just like directly to the camera, just like, I'm going to have to kill him. <laughs> and this is a, I'm pretty sure that's a reference to something. Went over my head, but I know it's a reference to something. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, is a nice little moment. Um, well, Adam Cole just wasn't able to keep Keith Lee down, like not even to make take the big man down with a running knee. Uh, not even able to hit it at first. Instead, he was caught with a mighty sit-down power bomb or the spirit bomb, I think Keith Lee calls it. Um, and then well, what I liked after that was Cole went outside for a breather, but when he came back in, it was like immediately back into the lion's den, just immediately pounced inside out, <laughs> and then it was piled high into the sky. Uh, Ronaldo called it a spine buster, but I was just like, this is a big high in the sky move. <laughs> so up you go, Adam. <laughs> up, you, up you pop. Um, Cole's fight didn't die, though. Again, he saw why he was the champion. He was continuing to kick out all of these from all of these big strikes and when all of these hits were like, taking more and more out of, out of him, he continued to kick out. We saw the fight in him. Uh, but bloody hell, <laughs> was he taking a lot of offence and only getting in like the odd kick, especially in the first half. Uh, like towards the end, he was able to chop Lee down. He was able to hit the last shot multiple times, uh, but like especially the, like when he first hit it, it was nowhere near enough. And the second attempt ended with the undisputed era landing hard on his noggin after being turned inside out by a Lee Lariat. Also, Lee Lariat is an amazing '90s jobber gimmick name. <laughs> Here's Lee Lariat is going to get taken down by. No one talked like that in the 90s. <laughs> I've gone way too far back. Uh, anyway, uh, the champion's offence kind of became desperate with no wasted motion, going for big move after big move. Uh, he nailed the Panama Sunrise, which wasn't enough either. 
Keith again. Keith Lee is a powerhouse, but he's so athletic he can sell like the Panama Sunrise, which <laughs> is just like a uh, it's, yeah, just to have that wide array of ability. Now, he's massive. He's charismatic, which you got to see in little sprinkles here. Like I said, with the I need to kill him. Like or you got to see little parts of that there. That like he's more than just a like really really talented wrestler. You got to see a bit more of his character, which. You know, now that he's NXT champion, yeah, that's great to see, just to give him a bit more depth. Please don't kill him, Carrion. But I like, really, really... I like the little like, developments you saw in this match. Because he's had amazing matches, and you got to see a lot more character in the Gargano match. But I felt more like he was fighting off a nefarious villain, whilst this showed a lot more of his, kind of, the heart side of his character. Or, like, his... I guess more, like, just flat-out charisma as well. Anyway, he made Adam Cole look awesome as well. So when Adam Cole was hitting those desperate moves, going for those Panama Sunrisers, or it was, it, yeah, he made Adam Cole like look good. However, it was never enough for Adam Cole, even though he was hitting big move after big move. Um, like, it just wasn't enough. Like, neither were things that had worked in the past, like simply super kicking the man in the head over and over. And as I said, like the last shot with an exposed knee didn't work either. Or follow-up Panama Sunrise didn't work either with Adam Cole getting increasingly, increasingly more just desperate look on his face. <laughs> like, what is it going to take? And he, so he then went for another Panama Sunrise in that final desperation. And it was countered right into a spirit bomb, followed up by the Big Bang Catastrophe. And Keith Lee is your new NXT champion. Fantastic main event. <laughs> it was such a feel-good win for the new champion. I just, oh, uh, they made sure to show us Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux watching on as the confetti rained and Pyro was sparking in the background, creating awesome images. Again, if you've not watched the match, highly recommend. This is going on to Twitter feeds. <laughs> it's just, it'll be all over the, the WWE YouTube channel as well. It was just, yeah, such awesome images, seeing that confetti rain down and just the face on Keith Lee of uh, how much this means to him with the pyro off in the background as well. I was like, oh, yes, it was an awesome an awesome visual watching him lift those titles. And he, he felt like a massive deal as well. Like like it was a fitting end to Adam Cole's run. Uh, because it had been a long run as well. And I guess the if you're going to criticise anything really about this, it's the kind of sudden feeling of the whole card being put together. And yes, it's yes to me it feels like it's pretty clearly fighting against Fighter Fest. No, I have no issue with that. It's, uh, yeah. For me, like, the no, we're not in competition talk isn't for the fans. <laughs> it's just, to kind of, I think I said this last week with uh, James Boyd, where he says, like, to me, that kind of speak, screams, like, just PR talk. It's like, oh, no, we're not sinking to competing with anybody. No, no, we don't, we're not in any competition. We're perfectly a perfectly safe investment. <laughs> don't you worry. Like, I don't mind that fight in the world. Like, in competition, everybody wins. Because uh, before I came on live, Dax Harwood of FDR was tweeting pretty much this. <laughs> just, just saw him pretty much just saying that, like, there was two really good wrestling shows on last night. Like, if you're only if you're picking one and just really strongly never gonna watch the other one, like you're missing out because both were really good. <laughs> Again, not watch Fighter Fest. I'll take Dax's word for it. I mean, I'll take my friend's word for it as well. <laughs> they said it was really good, uh, but still, a fantastic main event that ended on such a. Grand feeling, no. Again, the only criticism... I realised I went on tangent for a reason. The only criticism being, maybe if this got the proper build all the way to SummerSlam, it could have felt even grander. 
but it's not necessary, really. It, it nailed. It still nailed the point. Like it's one of those things where I could go, oh yeah, maybe a bit more building. It could have helped it a little bit, but like the moment didn't need it really. <laughs> like I was still super invested. I was still happy as hell when Keith Lee won. They got that emotion out of me. It's like yeah, job done. I don't really need anything else. <laughs> it's just uh, sometimes a little more so we can add even more to it. But it didn't need it. It's like a... I think, again, we said this uh, last week. And uh, thank you to Jay's Boyd for coming on last week at, like, last minute. <laughs> just suddenly. Uh, just like, um, yeah, yeah, would you be able to come on? Like, on, like turning up on the first show at, like, two days' notice. <laughs> Which was... I was not expecting him to be available. Anyway, but the... Uh, just that point of when we could seeking NXT. Like, we are doing, like... The bar is so much higher for quality that it really gets to nitpicking. And little things like that was, yeah, I was really invested. They got that pop out of me. I guess if I'm doing a, like the nitty-bitty critique, then, yeah, I guess if the story had gone gone a little bit longer and built and it would have been at that takeover kind of feeling event, then, yeah, maybe I might have got more out of it. But it's a, it's a tiny little critique because <laughs> I didn't need it. I still really enjoyed it. Uh, but, yeah, it was an incredible end to... The show, such a, again, feel-good feeling. And Keith Lee as a champion really intrigues me. What happens next? Uh, they also, like, throughout the shows, I felt this was a theme, where they were constantly building to the next thing as well. And, uh, I mean, that's happening on AEW as well, as they're building to fight for the Fallen next week. Uh, NXT were kind of building to what's happening on their show as well. And I really like that, because that, I know what, uh, if I tune in next week, I mean, if, when I tune in next week to do this show, I know what I'm coming, getting in for. I know I've got EO Shiva versus Tegan Knox, and I'm really looking forward to that. I know what's on the show. And uh, for me, that's a, like a really good thing. And part of building to that future was, at the end, having Karrion Cross from like a behind the something <laughs> area where he was looking on onto the ring. Like that's to, that immediately, as you're in the celebration of the massive achievement that has happened, you're immediately going on to that next thing. And I really, really value that. Again, I immediately you know what's next, and it doesn't come out of nowhere. It's it makes it a bit more different. Like the the normal trope would have just been Karrion Cross comes out next week. There's your feud, but this gives more to it. And of course, there's the assumption he's going for Keith Lee. All we know is Karrion Cross is next, and he's voiced that he was going to go after Adam Cole. The question is, was that because he was NXT champion, or was that because he's going after Adam Cole? You'll have to wait and see. I'm fine with either one. <laughs> what does, what happens Keith Lee's next? don't really know anyway yeah as you can tell i'm really happy about what happened there <laughs> genuinely just good feeling uh, like i really like ending a wrestling show being such a good mood and uh, nxt did their job this week yeah so now i'm now going to go through the card in match order starting with the street fight and ending a little bit later on uh, this is the point where i've talked for 15 minutes about one thing this is where i go a little bit quicker <laughs> it's nxt there aren't it's quite nice to have a shorter card, and NXT do a really good job of kind of like pacing and things, so uh, there's not always... Uh, there, are, there are a lot of shorter things that I can blast through pretty quickly, which were, I guess, fine and stuff. Uh, SmackDown, is, it's weird, it's interesting, because now SmackDown's the same length, and I kind of feel like I would have to spend longer talking about each bit on SmackDown, and I'd call that a negative, because a few would be a lot more critiques kind of in there. Whilst with NXT, no, like, don't need to critique anything, I just enjoy it for what it is. It's happy to be in that state. And so the show kicks off the second night of the Great American Bash for NXT. Uh, the street fight between Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. A fun opening brawl for the show. With Mia Yim attacking LeRae on the ramp. 
like a nice reversal of the norm with the goody getting the jump. Uh, Yim was throwing weapons galore into the ring uh, to attack Candice with uh, chairs, kendo sticks, bin lids, or trash can lids as called in America. Like, weird that, I always find it weird that that's one of the things that's entered the normal wrestling weapons <laughs> category. It's a bin lid. <laughs> Why is that the normal thing? And the actual trash can itself. I'm mixing in between different countries with like name for the thing. <laughs> like the trash can as well, which obviously got used later. Yeah, anyway, uh, Yim also grabbed a table too with the faux crowd chanting, we want tables, and then she happily obliges. <laughs> it's, just kind of like, it's not quite the same when it's like when they chant, we want tables, and there is a table coming next. It's not quite the same as a live crowd chant. Yeah, it's not quite... Okay. I'll leave it. I've already, I've already said my piece. <laughs> like, it's not quite the same, but it's better than nothing. That's where I stand with that. Uh, anyway, she got that table out, and she was really dictating the manner and pace of the match. Like, she was bossing everything from the moment she attacked Candice LeRae. Like, this was her brawl. Uh, well, that was until she went into the ring post, and Candice LeRae started to try and swing momentum back. Uh, it turned into a more of a arena brawl. I wouldn't say it was straight into Candice's favour, but yeah, a proper arena brawl at that point. They went into a behind-the-camera area where there was a load of chairs, obviously empty chairs. Maybe Remember when they first started these empty arena shows and they just had a part which was just full of chairs, just like no one in them, and it looked really weird. Well, that's probably where the chairs are gone. There's <laughs> just one bloke sitting in them. <laughs> so, but you needed someone to scarper <laughs> and run away. Anyway, so they went into the, the chair area. Obviously, one of them was launched into them. Uh, and there was a little stage thing right next to it as well. Well, a conveniently placed table was next to a wee little stage thing. <laughs> it's like, ah, I can see where this is going. And uh, damn right, somebody goes flying off of that thing. Uh, Mia Yim drop-kicked the Poison Pixie, who went flying pretty much over the table and onto the floor. And it's like, oh, like, obviously, the floor, the fall wasn't quite as cushioned as hoped. It's like, oh, I, 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 hello, pain. <laughs> Poor Candice. She did crazy things on the indies. Like, this is nothing. <laughs> it is nothing that Candice very comparison. Uh, but still, it's like, oh, the table's meant to break your fall, Candice. <laughs> uh, after the, that took us to break, and after the, afterwards we got a momentum kind of shift, in a way. The momentum had already swung when we returned. I didn't watch the picture-in-picture thing. As uh, yeah, it just doesn't float my boat. So whatever happens in the break, I don't see it. Uh, Mia was down in the ring when we returned, as Larey just kept hitting her with us, or just throwing in a sea of chairs, <laughs> just whacking her with them as well. Uh, as the wrestling curse is, you put it up, you go through it, and we've got a massive pile of chairs in the middle by Larey. Hmm, she's gonna try and put Mia through them, right? And then surely Mia Yim will counter, and then in goes Candice Larey. That is the wrestling curse. You. You set it, you go through it. There's a better way of saying that. <laughs> anyway, so Yim was... Uh, as soon as he did that, Amir Yim then caught momentum and started to bring the hurt. A trash can over Larey. As I said, it comes back. Then she hits the drop kick. And whilst Larey was recovering from that, Mia Yim pulled out some bronze knuckles. Like, again, things we normally see from the heels, but because she's the uh, blade and baddie, it really fits. She's the badass dictating the pace of the brawl. And she continued to do that even when LeVade had a moment of momentum. So, oh, yes, I really like that. <laughs> it's characters who can do a thing like that, which is normally a trope for the other side, but because of their character, it just makes sense and it works. It's like, oh, I really like that. Yeah, in a surprise, Candice actually uh, kind of won out the table bit, though. So, Yim... Uh, 
Yin was up. No, sorry, Candice LeRae was able to avoid the knuckles kind of attack thing. Uh, me and then covered me Yim in chairs, climbed to the top rope, draped ta- draped table. But the curse! <laughs> Yim climbed up to stop her. Uh, they brawled on the very wobbly table, which was balancing on the ropes on the corner. Normally it's on like a bit of the turnbuckle, but this time it was just like in front of the turnbuckle, so very wobbly. And in a surprise, Candice won out. And she took Nooks away and hit a mighty swinging neckbreaker off of the chair, off onto the chairs. The curse is broken! <laughs> One, two, three, Candice Array wins. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this match. It was like way more of a brawl than I was expecting. Like, even though it was like Great American Bash and last week kind of set a tone for what to expect, like for some reason I was expecting just a little bit less. And they, yeah, they brought the hurt in this match, as I said, with uh, Mia Yim. And it was yeah, way more of a brawl than I was expecting. Way more kind of weapons and the big spot with the swinging netbreaker as well. Like that was like a bigger ending than I was expecting. Uh, like for some reason I was expecting weapon shots. Then you just kind of get a normal finisher for the win. But no, this was, yeah, it's like quite a big finish. Really enjoyed it. And Candice Ray won and that fed into later where uh, Johnny Gargano and Lorray kind of voiced what they're hoping to do. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyable match. And I may be struggling with Jargoni, uh, Jargoni, Johnny Gargano's character as a heel in a way, but I'm totally in on Candice Lorray's. Like for me, she's done the Poison Pixie way better than Johnny Gargano's done his whatever his thing is. Like, I'm slowly growing into the Gargano one. Maybe it's because of how strong a babyface he was, mixed in with me being tired of his NXT run. Whilst LeRae, no. That she's benefiting. If you remember when she was in NXT for really for quite a while, and there was the complaint that she just wasn't being used. Now that's coming back to help her. <laughs> in that whole period she wasn't being used, we were waiting to see her. We were, we were asking to see her. And that means that now we don't feel tired of her because we've not seen her as much as we have seen Johnny Gargano. Uh, it's, it's, it, suddenly it's benefiting at this point. <laughs> that I am up for more LeVay, especially as the Poison Pixie. I'm buying that gimmick and Johnny Gargano I'm kind of just bored of in NXT. Like, it feels in the USA era that we've... Tra- especially with Keith Lee as champion now. We've transitioned from the era prior. We're at the really well-regarded era of like Undisputed Era, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. I guess Ricochet was in there as well. Um, like it feels like they all should have moved on now, and only Ricochet has. Uh, Drew is a champer. We've not seen seen him in a little while, but yeah, like Gargano and Undisputed Era as well. Like it feels like the time in NXT is done. They don't need to be there anymore. And like guys like Keith Lee, like Karrion Cross, they are ready. And yeah, it feels like it's time to move on. Personal thing. Kevin Savage though, perfectly fine with. <laughs> she could go. She could be elevated in the NXT Women's Division because she. Hasn't or hasn't really been already. She's been featured, but she's never really hit massive heights. And because uh, it was more sporadic, we're not tired of her. But yeah, still. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Adam Cole versus Keith Lee Hype VTR. Uh, these video packages I thought were really, really good. Uh, they did the normal high-quality epic NXT uh, kind of head, talking heads thing mixed in with the legend saying who they think is going to win. Uh, first off, we got Mark Henry. And later on, we got the likes of Shawn Michaels. Uh, Drew McIntyre spoke as well. Yeah, he weighed in. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, again, a mini presentation thing that I really liked, and it helped build to the main event to make it feel special. Uh, afterwards, Yim, after that finishes playing, Yim and Larey are still down in the ring. Sell that hurt. <laughs> Sell the bane. Uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, I did, as I was skipping through 
the picture in picture, uh, Johnny Gargano came to carry Candice LeRae out, and then Yim eventually got applauded by the folk crowd to uh, carry her out, I guess, with happy momentum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was something to happen on the ad break, I guess. Anyway, uh, second match of the night was Bronson Reed versus Tony Nice. Uh, I love me some thick boy Jonah Rock. <laughs> like a you, I will say I keep forgetting he's called Bronson Reed, and whenever I I look it, I have to keep looking up his name. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thick boy Jonah Rock. Uh, a unique match setup. I think it's fair to say uh, Tony Nice being a dick on the pre-show for a pre-show for no one. How <laughs> I'm going to be calling it, and uh, Reed took umbrage with that. Yeah, so the match itself, that's it, that's it, that's the setup. Suddenly they do pre-show, pre-shows now on <laughs> for some reason, uh, but I'll let it slide because like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make sense, but uh, fine, I guess. Um, a fun little pattern to this match. Uh, nice is in shape, but Bronson's a big boy. Nice is athletic, but Bronson's a big boy. Nice showcases quick wrestling skill, but Bronson's a big boy. <laughs> it's like, Tony had his moments, but... Reed was just too much power, and uh, in the end, he just splashed down with that big splash off the top rope for the win. A more, uh, I call it a more elaborate squash, because Tony Nese got in quite a bit of offence and got to show off his athleticism, but Bronson be big boy, <laughs> and he could just completely take him down. So, yeah. A fun match, uh, yeah, a fun little match, but I say fun little match because I really like Bronson Reed. And his, I'm singing his, I'm humming his theme and bopping to it for like the entire match. Anyway, it's in my head, <laughs> so uh, yeah, bang over the theme. Yes. Uh, uh, after that, we got a Mercedes Martinez VTR play play. Uh, she debuts tonight on the show, which was fantastic to me to see. Um, I'll get to her obviously. Where I'll talk more about her when it comes to her segment. Uh, Robert Stone in an interesting backstage bit. Uh, Robert Stone offered Shotzi to join the brand when she was sat there in her little tank backstage. So I guess that means when she comes through the ring, uh, sorry, when she comes through the curtain in the tank, that's because she's been driving all of backstage in the tank. <laughs> that's the kayfabe now. <laughs> that's what I truly believe after this segment. Uh, Killian Dane turns up and clobbers him down, and then Shotzi drives her tank onto his leg as he absolutely screams. <laughs> it's like, this is, it's not one. The Robert Stone brand, after Chelsea Green left, I thought was a bit eh. Then they've turned him into a pure comedy character, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's fine as comedy, in a way. You don't really, you don't normally get a lot of like comedy wrestlers coming through NXT. So Robert Stone, maybe they realise our truth won't last forever. Like, he's, he may be immortal, but he maybe just will decide to retire one day. <laughs> that's, that's how he will leave WWE. And, like, Robert, Robert Stone, maybe they're looking for a name, comedy manager type of person. Yeah, it's, in, it's, uh, is it interesting? I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying it. Uh, my feeling afterwards was, uh, okay then. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course, yeah. Of course he drove the tank onto his leg and then he started screaming <laughs> absolutely crazily. Uh, I mean, I still remember his days as Robbie E and for me, this is so less annoying than that. <laughs> it's like, oh, that character. Uh, it was, yeah, the fist pumping like in the uh, Jersey, uh, at the peak of Jersey Shore, like that kind of character coming through. It's like, oh yeah, that was irritating. <laughs> but um, he's always been able to wrestle, uh, but it's a pure comedy gimmick here. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll just move on from, from it because I don't really know what I feel about it. I 
both I both think ah eh, harmless fun and oh, but do, uh, am I do I actually care <laughs> or not? Do I just go eh when they happen or not? Uh, I mean the maid via Ripley looked like a star last week, so if that becomes the the Aaliyah Robertstone job, uh, maybe they do become a strong faction, and this is them building over time. I doubt it. I feel like this is just going to be pure comedy until Aaliyah finally drops him or something like that. Uh, anyway, yeah, next up we've got Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Johnny Gargano. Whose house? Johnny's house. Met with who sucks? Johnny sucks. I'll give the faux crowd that. <laughs> I'll give them that one. Because that screams something Full Sail totally would do. Just like a really just boxed out a kind of word replacement. And it's like, hey, little gag, little jab. Uh, in the match, uh, Gorgano controlled the early ground ground and holds, uh, but as soon as he went to increase the pace, uh, Swerve immediately took it back to him, entering the ad break in full control after a Fosby flop to the outside. And it was a like kind of slow building, and once we went to the break, it was like, oh, an energy's been injected now, so maybe when we come back from the break, you'll see like it properly kick up a bit. Uh, as the match went on, Gargano seemed to take Isaiah Scott more seriously, becoming a lot more direct with his offence, less cockily jaunting about as he was in the first half with all those holds. Uh, there was a great sequence when Scott went for the house call kick. Gargano avoided and went into the Gargano escape, which was escaped, round, uh, round again with counters of counters, and eventually Swerve nailed the house call. It was just like a just quick, way quicker than I said it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, really, really fluid. Really enjoyed that. Uh, but again, it only lasted like five, ten seconds. Uh, but our face was in danger. Where after, especially after the reverse Rana on the outside, uh, Swerf went for a double stomp. Johnny Gargano had been floored on the outside, so he went for a double stomp. But Johnny rolled out the way. Uh, and when Swerf rolled through and got to his feet, Gargano sent him into the ring post, pulled him back. And then hit him with the Rana. Which, for me, that's the type of thing which would have really popped the live crowd. It's it's fine with the faux crowd, but it's not quite as... Yeah, the NXT full-sale crowd would go crazy with moves like that. Especially on the outside. They would have been like, oh my god, <laughs> kind of reaction. Um, uh, but after that Rana, that was it. Gargano rolled him into the ring and then hit that sw- uh, hit and swings in over the top rope for the with the DDT for the win. Whatever he calls that. And... Yeah, Swerve had his moments, but this was more just like a little cementing for Gargano. Like, this is his house and whatnot for all that. Uh, the promo that they gave later, Gargano and LeRae, kind of feeds a bit more into that. That like, this was like a cementing night for the two of them to move on to something grander. Uh, Swerve was, I guess, in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. When this match was announced last week, I kind of had many hopes for it, but when it happened, it was like mid-card, fine. I'm not going to remember it in a week, which is... I'd call it a bit of a shame, but it was... Its job was to cement Gargano and kind of lift him to whatever the next thing is. Which, for all we know, could be Balor, and they're both heels, which is quite an interesting dynamic. So, yeah, whatever happens next. Uh, EO survives a Tegan Knox promo for next week, uh, aired next. Uh, EO being underwater and they edited the audio so it sounded like she was underwater and she, she's in a water tank and they just filmed her and for me that it was awesome and it creates such a unique era especially the fact that it was contrasting against Tegan Knox having a nice jog in the park <laughs> whereas Io Shirai is this kind of futuristic evil anime villain or anime villain dark character thing the mysterious character 
And then Tegan Knox is going for a nice jog in the park and uh, <laughs> just playing with doggies. I don't think she played with dogs in the video. <laughs> but she just It was a really big juxtaposition of just, again, this really uh, interesting character. And I'm Tegan from Wales and look at me running through the park with my dog. Oh, isn't it lovely? <laughs> it's, uh, it was a really, uh, really weird contrast that I both enjoyed watching and kind of laughed at. The fact it was so different. Yeah. Anyway, I really rate both wrestlers, and hopefully next week we'll do a really good job of uh, giving Tegan Knox a banger of a match to like, elevate her just that little bit more, and uh, I guess the rest of the women's division as well, as maybe people are moving on a bit or shifting around. Uh, but uh, yeah, for next week, really excited for their match. Gonna really looking for again. I, I, I don't really care about the ratings, but I reckon. Oh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to NXT next week. Again, I need to watch Fighter Fest to see see what the uh, fight for Fallen card is. But again, it looks like we're going to get two bangers of two bangers of a shows. That's not right. Still, I can't pluralize at this time of night. <laughs> uh, match number four: uh, Legado del Fantasma versus Jake Maverick and Febreze. Uh, the Febreze walking out as Western Luchadors <laughs> with uh, uh, yeah Western Luchador theme for the lads tonight with golden masks and all. Uh, contrasts a little bit with Drake, who's all serious. Uh, who's going to be going after Escobar. Uh, but, yeah, this screams a team that can take a loss. That was my immediate thought. As soon as I saw Drake Maverick with Febreze, uh, just like the kind of clash in, in kind of look between them. It's like Drake Maverick is trying to be serious, but Febreze just entered with golden luchador masks and took them off. And <laughs> which is like, yeah, like you're not all together in how serious you're taking this. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Uh, but you've got to get over this new group of baddies. And I was like, my immediate impression was like, yeah, you're going to be putting over Legado de Fantasma, which is a unit I really like, but it's still, yeah, like, going to be getting them over. Uh, I want to say it's suddenly started raining pretty hard and there's scaffolding all around the area of the house that I'm sitting in. So apologies if suddenly the microphone started to pick that up. Hopefully it's not, but yeah. yeah. July in the UK, it's like April showers. Like it's you wouldn't know it's July. It's uh, yeah, it's like early spring. It's yeah, it's cold as well. Before I came live and turned the light on in front of me, I've been wearing a jumper. <laughs> it's so cold. Anyway, uh, Joaquin Wild started against Fandango again. I can never remember Zima Iron's NXT name. I have to look it up every time. I'm really bad with NXT names. <laughs> like, same with Jonah Rock. Like, I, I've, before I've called it, like, nerdy wrestling thing, but, I, oh, you remember their pre-WWE name? It's like, yeah, I just really struggle because there's so many names I have to maintain in this head and I'm really bad at names. So when they keep changing, <laughs> like, it t takes a little while. Anyway, Fandango got the better of him <laughs> after all that. Uh, then Breeze got the better of Mendoza. Kind of seeing the point of Joaquin Wild and Mendoza there. Uh, Maverick was entirely focused on the verge of being distracted by Escobar, who did a like really great job of that leader with a presence. Like the character you build up to seeing, like you hear him talked about. You see the anger, or you see the emotion on people's faces when they mention him. But you don't see him for a few episodes. Obviously, it's wrestling, so you don't see him in the ring until a couple minutes in. But still, it's similar sentiment. Yeah, Wilder Mendoza took a lot of offence, but the moment Escobar got in, the momentum completely swung. Seeing his influence in a match just shift it like that, again, makes him feel special, makes him feel really... It gives him a status, like the fact that he can do that. He's that influential, he's that great a wrestler. 
Uh, with Maverick really being the only one on the face side that could get to him, with that caveat of Maverick being a tad too emotional, that he was too set on getting his own back at Escobar, Escobar was a lot calmer. He was more being able to concentrate on his performance. <laughs> and uh, sometimes Escobar was able to capitalise on that. With Drake climbing up to the top rope for a big move, uh, he was kicked right in the knee and nailed with the Phantom Driver. El Legado de Fantasma were victorious. Yeah, for me this was a, again, establishing of the baddie group. And they did a really good job. I like the aura that it gave Santos Escobar. And uh, I'm perfectly fine with Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza kind of just being the guys who are really good wrestlers, but they end up taking a lot of the offence. I like the look of the group. I like the feel of them. Uh, there's, and there's no, there's no one like them in NXT. And I think I said last week, I really like how they, there's just an aura, the aura about them reminds me a bit of Lucha Underground, which was a product I really enjoyed. And their emblem or logo that appears on the Titantron, but yeah, that reminds me of that as well. Obviously, doesn't hurt <laughs> that Santos Escobar wrestled in Lucha Underground. <laughs> so I've seen him before, uh, that obviously reminds me, yeah, I've seen a guy I w- watched wrestle there, wrestle here, obviously that's going to carry over a bit. So it's Killian Cross. Killian Cross, I've put the two together. <laughs> Killer Cross. Uh, Carrion Cross, Killer, uh, Killian is not his name. Anyway, uh, after this, we got the Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano interview that I was talking about earlier. Uh, they say that they're the best power couple in the entire world, nay, universe. Uh, reminds us of the beef between Gargano and Balor. Uh, the man that Johnny holds responsible for him not currently being number one contender for the NXT Championship. And they both kind of make the point of, hmm, maybe we have got some things to settle, and then they walk off. So who knows what, who Candice LeRae is going after? And we do at least know that maybe there's an interference in the match next week, uh, but Johnny Gargano, is he going for Finn Balor, or is he going for the NXT Championship? He walked, he walked off having voiced his concerns about both. Uh, after that, we got an Imperium VTR, you know, just reminding us that, yeah, Imperium, you know, they're a dominant thing, just keep an eye out for them. Uh, before we get to the next match, I'm just going to take a quick drink. Mm. Sorry, podcast listeners. I do have to hydrate. <laughs> uh, match number five, Santana Garrett versus Mercedes Martinez. Uh, there's a reason I drafted Mercedes Martinez so highly in the uh, Laws of Pain fantasy draft. I drafted her as my like top female heel to that linchpin to build the division around. And uh, when I saw the promos, I was like, yes. You're going to see why. <laughs> to everybody who's been following that and is like, well, you picked Mercedes Martinez pretty highly. Like, why? You, for me, I, you're going to see why. Hopefully. <laughs> like, the way I'm picturing it in my head, the way I've seen her in the indies before, it's like, yes, hopefully, as this version of Mercedes Martinez, you're going to see why. I rate her so highly in that position. Uh, this was essentially a squash match for the veteran. Like... Uh, but as is the case with NXT and AW, the opponent got in some offence, but in the end, Martinez was able to take her down pretty easily. In the end, dropping Garrett down hard with the Fisherman Buster for the win. Uh, again, really rate Martinez, totally down for a heel run for her in NXT. Um, and she will slot in with that incredible lot of talent around the NXT Women's Championship like pretty damn easily. Like, don't need much build. Really, the only reason to take time building it's because there's so much talent that you kind of need to rotate already. Like, putting her in there. It's like, oh, you can like, get him in more organically. You don't need to rush it because there's so much talent there. But it's WWE. I'll maybe voice that a bit more after SummerSlam when we've seen who's actually got called up. 
and who's left <laughs> before going crazy on that. Uh, we then got, I've forgotten his NXT name again, Punishment Martinez versus Cameron Grimes promo for next week. Oh, the infamous Archer. The Archer? Why can't I remember his actual name? That is bad. Damien Priest. <laughs> there we go. Damien Priest, Cameron Grimes is happening next week. Uh, Cameron Grimes is a character, I guess for sure, but I've not been able to figure out where in the NXT hierarchy he actually lies. Like, he gets wins over people surprisingly, and then will just get jobbed out the next. So it's like, where do you fall? <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, Punishment Martinez, though, they've given him, like, mini pushes and things. He had a strong showing against Finn Balor at the pay-per-view in your house. So uh, he had a naff promo last week, but this week's with the uh, the high editing. and the, I thought his delivery was way better here. It works so much more. You don't have to... That's the one thing with WWE where they seem... My criticism is they seem to try and pigeonhole everybody into a certain style. For me, Punishment Martinez here showed that you don't have to do that the backstage interview style with everybody. This style really fit Punishment Martinez. Still stick with that. Like you don't have to do the same style with everyone. This one really worked with Punishment Martinez. Uh, and then after that, that was led us into the main event title match, which I've already talked about. And the awesome moment of Keith Lee as champion in a such a heartwarming kind of end to the night for NXT to take us into next week with such a feel-good, happy feeling. And no, we're going into Io Shirai Tiganox. So we're in for a treat again next week. Uh, yeah, really fun show. Overall, both nights of Great American Bash were really enjoyable. Uh, bits in the middle, which get, made it feel a bit like you're still watching NXT TV. It wasn't, it wasn't a... Uh, takeover quality thing and you see you get that feeling of this was thrown together a bit last minute when you watch the bits in the middle of the show but again both nights opened incredibly both nights ended even better like incredible highs uh, and is any talking about tv matches of the year kind of stuff like being up there and the fact we're getting fighter fest on the same night <laughs> as this stuff like yeah like the winners are us the wrestling fans because these are all just so much fun to watch every single week. And I can't wait to do it again next week. <laughs> it's so much fun. It feels so good to talk happily about wrestling. That after like months, if not years, complaining about main roster WWE. Oh, it's just so nice to do something like this. Uh, anyway, that is the end of this NXT review. Uh, it was, again, yeah, really enjoyable show. I've got set for the future with whatever Karen Cross is going to do. With And there's a the... There's talks of SummerSlam call-ups, especially as there's the rumours going about of Randy Orton wanting to do something against an NXT star. Uh, for we, but there were the also counter-rumours that we might actually be forced to do something as the top heel on Raw going against the top champion on Raw in Drew McIntyre, which would delay things a bit. I mean, you could just do what he wanted after SummerSlam to go towards Survivor Series. But still, yeah, the future looks great for NXT. <laughs> really looking forward to it. Um, in terms of coverage here on Laws of Pain... Uh, last night we had uh, our AW post show in Dynamite After Dark with Jamin and Jeff, which went out. Uh, Fridays uh, on the podcast feed, we've got the special of the WWF, the Legacy Series, an unabridged look back over the history of the now WWE with the journey of the WWF all the way from the start to 2003, I think it was when they changed the name, or 2002. Uh, I cannot recommend that show enough. On Sunday, I will be live after Dominion for New Japan. So I'm not going to be live after New Japan Cup, but I will be live after Dominion. I might be joined by Jeff from uh, Kingdom of Honor slash Dynamite After Dark, but that's not confirmed yet. 
But at least I'll be live immediately after the uh, New Japan Dominion show on Sunday. Uh, for me, that's not mental. I'm English. That's lunchtime. Lunchtime, a cup of tea, a delightful glass of orange juice as the sun shines through the window. <laughs> it's just, uh, I'd have the door open if there weren't so many birds tweeting. It would become annoying, trust me. <laughs> I've done a live show before, after a pay-per-view at like 4am and the birds are already tweeting and you can hear it on the audio. <laughs> like it happens. Um, uh, so that'll be happening on Sunday. Uh, Tuesdays, we've now got the double whammy of Kingdom of Honour, which is uh, currently going... Properly covering the New Japan Cup. Uh, I think they'll talk about Dominion as well, especially as uh, Jamma's not able to do the uh, Aftershock for Dominion. But also on Tuesdays is the Raw review here on Laws of Pain, which uh, just be me covering things, sometimes with a guest. Uh, also next week, there will be the NXT review at a much earlier time, given the location of the guest that I've got going on. But if you tune in at, midnight, at the same time here at 7 EST, it will already be up, so you can just watch it then. It won't be live, but you'll be able to watch it. Uh, also, an Extreme Rules preview should be going up as well. Uh, that will be next week. Uh, oh, I got through everything. <laughs> uh, so follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. It's been on the screen the entire time. Follow Wrestling Headlines slash Laws of Pain at Laws of Pain. I think I think that's the Twitter handle uh, to get all of the latest wrestling news and whatnot. Uh, read all the columns that have gone up. There's been some pretty uh, awesome columns that have gone up on the Laws of Pain site. Uh, Clive from the Ricky and Clive show over on the Social Superbets Network has dropped uh, one today. Uh, there was a uh, a great column talking about a difficult matter by uh, Miley Cyrus, who's uh, currently writing in the columns forum. Where the co- if you do want to become a columnist, the columns forum on Laws of Pain uh, is a uh, uh, I give credit to Tito for coming up with that one. Uh, the idea of like an NXT for Laws of Pain, but he came up with it way before NXT. It's just a convenient way to explain it, uh, where essentially instead of trying to call in writers from elsewhere, develop our own. We have a feeder system to uh, have writers from the past are all in there as well, and like names will know like Plan Triple R. Uh, I think Miss Fan did a brief spell. <laughs> I can't quite remember. But yes, the columns forum is where I went to to learn how to write to do columns. It's where I met Byrne and ended up doing starting off with podcasts. Like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't decide one day to go to the columns forum and be like, I'll give writing columns a go. And now I write on the major page for Laws of Pain and I'm doing these review things. So make of that what you will. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for listening to this. And I'll bid you adieu is my raw one. And as I came up with James Boyd last week, my goodbye for the NXT review stream. That'll be that. Goodbye. <laughs> that, it doesn't work by myself. I'll make I'll make it work over time. Uh, that'll be that. Adios. <laughs>